0: This is Nova Church, Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have your Bible today, you turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, you're going to learn very quickly that I'm a Bible guy. And uh, our church is a Bible church. And uh, you may not uh, know God. You don't have to believe like us to belong here. Uh, but if you're going to be around here any amount of time, you're going to realize we believe that this book is more than just history, though it is. It's more than just poetry, though it is. It's more than just inspiration, though it's that. We believe it's the Word of God, and we believe it's, it's life. And when you read it, it can't help but change you. It's the only book you don't read. It reads you. When you open up these pages, God speaks to your heart and your future and your past, and it always brings you higher. Uh, so if you don't have a Bible today, we're going to put it on the screen behind me. But Luke chapter 24 going to read a few verses. It's a lengthy passage, but I know you can handle it today, Uh, starting in verse 1 of Luke chapter 24. But very early on Sunday morning, that's not you guys. That was a 9.30 service. You guys are the sleeping-in service, but you're the rowdy ones, and you're my personal favorites. Morning people, I don't understand them. Okay, they're not me. Uh, Very early on a Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. That doesn't say this, but I believe those are the original Spice Girls, right there. the original Spice Girl show up to the tomb, telling God what they want, what they really, really want. Verse two um, They found that the, <laughs> Oh wow, okay. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, and so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. And when the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? I don't get time to stop there today. But so many times we're looking for life in dead places. Places that are known for regret and pain and shame. We go looking to add to our lives. I love this. The angels say, why are you looking for something alive in a place meant for dead? He has risen from the dead. It says, he isn't here. Verse 6. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed to the hands of sinful men and be crucified so that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered what he had said, and they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary, it was Joanna, it was Mary, also the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. Verse 11, but the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. I'll tell you, I'm so thankful for the women in the Bible, women of strength and of faith. You know, I'm so thankful for the women in our church. Sometimes men, us men, are a little thicker in the head. Sometimes we are a little slower to believe. Sometimes we just kind of get in the way. Listen, if God was small enough for your mind, he wouldn't be big enough for your need. And these women had a need bigger than what they could understand, and they were quick to believe because they trusted God. I'm thankful for the women in our church that really set an atmosphere of faith in this place. And I'm thankful for the men in our church that are quick to get on board, going, hey, if God's in it, I'm with it. And uh, I'm so thankful for that today. It says this, it says this, it says in verse 12, however, Peter jumped up, ran to the tomb to look, stooping he peered in, saw an empty linen wrappings, and he went home again, wondering what had happened. So at this point, Jesus... Uh, on Palm Sunday, which we celebrate today, rode into town. People thought he was going to upset the kingdom and put in a, a, a new kingdom. He was going to upset the Romans and kick them out. And it would be a military uprising. They thought he was going to set himself in charge of the nation. In the middle of that, he gets crucified and buried. People lose their minds, start running away. And in the middle of this, we pick it up here in chapter uh, 24, verse 13. My Bible calls it the road to Emmaus. This next passage are two of these disciples who were with Jesus, a part of his crew. They were a part of his closest uh, friends. They believed everything he had said. They were hopes and dreams were in this Jesus that they knew. In the middle of this, in this disappointment, in this chaos, in the middle of this death, they're not at the tomb seeing the good news. They're on their way back home to Emmaus. Some scholars say it's their hometown. They're going back to their jobs. They're going back to their plan B. They're going back to what they did before. They followed Jesus three years earlier. And they're on their way back, and it's about seven miles. Verse 13. The same day Jesus' followers, two of them, were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were walking and talking and everything that had happened. And they talked and discussed these things. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came And began walking among them. I love that. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short. Sadness written across across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied and said, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard. You don't have Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. You don't have MySpace or email because everybody knows what's going on around here about the things that have happened in these last, just these few days. Wolf Blitzer's on site. Ian Hanna-Mansing. The whole news is there. Where have you been? You don't know what's happening. And Jesus said, what things? The things that happened to Jesus. The man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. And he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But... Our leading priests and other leaders, they handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. They murdered him. And we, verse 21, we had hoped. We had hoped he was the Messiah who would come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Today for the next few minutes, allotted to me the next 15 to 20 minutes, I want to talk on this topic. We're in this series, I Have Hope. We believe that this epidemic of hopelessness has really come across our city and our generation. How many times on Facebook and through text messages and conversations, we hear of lives lost and lives ruined, and it seems like there's this this fog of hopelessness, and we are challenging that, believing we are calling to an end hopelessness, that we have hope as a church. We believe that when we know Jesus Christ, he is hope. Hope has a name, the name of Jesus Christ. And today we want to challenge you in this next part of our series. I I love that wall out in the lobby, people writing down what they have hope for. I don't know if you picked up your free bracelet as you write on that wall. It's It's on my wrist as a reminder. I love one of our team members, Shane who drives from Metro Transit, and he has it on his arm. So people getting on the bus will see the words, I have hope. And from every bus to every car to every bedroom to every back room, we are declaring we have hope. And today, I want to talk about our dreams. I have hope for my dreams. My kids, my son just turned 15 this week, and we celebrated that. My daughter's 12, and we're talking to them about what's coming next in their life and high school and after high school and trips and opportunities. And I have found in life, have you realized this? It's easier to dream when you're younger. I was told I could be anything I wanted to until I realized I wasn't good at math and it got rid of all the math jobs. Come on, where are my math people in this place? But when you're younger, you're thinking, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a hockey player. And we have these dreams. And then we get into our 20s and our teens and maybe even our early 30s. And and we still have dreams. But then something happens in life. Disappointment. Discouragement. People let us down. Setbacks. And somewhere along the way, we challenge to hang on to our dreams. Let me ask you a question today. Because we believe we have hope for our dreams. What do you do when the dream dies? Because I know sometimes this can come across like hype. Come on, God loves you. You can make a difference. We believe in the best. The best is yet to come. But what happens in reality? After the Sunday, when Monday creeps in, from Monday to Friday, what happens when you feel like the dream that you thought was from God, the plan for your life, the the people you would be with, the opportunities you thought would come, what happens when the dream dies? Am I talking to someone in this room today? Disappointment comes in and camps and the dream starts to die. These disciples had dreams. They thought they were part of the winning team. They thought they would come in and all of a sudden they were gonna usher in a new, a new reign, kicking out the Romans who had invaded their country and they were part of an uprising that would bring back God's kingdom and they thought they were a part of a movement and in the middle of a turn of a dime in one week, all their hopes and dreams were put on a cross and buried and now they're walking back home thinking we didn't think we'd come back this soon, and the dream had died. Uh, I'm a movie guy. I don't know if you're a movie guy. I love movies. And Do you have a favorite movie from your childhood? Now, this is going to age some of you, depending on your answer, uh, but favorite movie from your childhood. Anyone have their favorite movie? Anyone want to shout it out? Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Well, wow, that, that'll grow on you. Okay, someone else. Beauty and the Beast. Amazing. Walking Tall. Never heard of that movie? Amazing. Amazing. Someone else. Star Wars. Yes. Zzz, zzz, amazing. Someone else. Footloose. One or two. Origi- I'm not Original? even going to go there. But uh, I'm not even going to go there. But I don't know. Little Kevin Bacon. I don't got time. I don't got time. My favorite growing up, my favorite growing up was Back to the Future. Hoverboards. I remember if Back to the Future came out, I mean like, this, uh, that's back in the day when we, you, you went to movie theaters and you had to wait for a year for it to come out on VHS or beta. I don't get time to explain what that is, but, but I remember when that Back to the Future came out, I loved that movie so much, it was like my life. Like I, I had the same skateboard that Marty McFly had. I could do the same tricks. I had dreams of hanging on the bumpers and going down my street, just like I had the same puffy vest that he had. It was me. I had the same puffy vest I thought I was, Marty McFly. I even liked Huey Lewis in the News. If you don't know who Huey Lewis in the News is, he's the Bruno Mars of the 80s. But he was the soundtrack to those movies. You just couldn't help but just feel good watching that movie. You know what's interesting? As I study, uh, I like trivia and I learn things. I heard this a while ago, that, that Michael J. Fox was not actually the original actor they scripted to be in that movie. He is famous now for Marty McFly. He went on to, to great roles as Stuart Little and others. And, but, but Michael J. Fox was not the first choice for that movie. In fact, they had a guy named Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz was a famous actor of his time, known for dramatic roles and being an amazing actor. And they cast him into this film, and they actually filmed almost the entire movie with Eric getting into the DeLorean. Uh, Eric dealing with Biff and dealing with the bully. Eric uh, playing the guitar and going through every scene. And as the movie started to unfold, the producers and the writers started talking among themselves, going, this is not the movie we dreamed of. In back corridors and conversations, in trailers, they started having this discussion going, this is not what we saw, it's not as funny, it's not as light, it's not as captivating. We love Eric, but we don't think this is what we saw in our dream. And they hatched a plan to write him out of the script. I was even reading it this week. Eric was filming and his last scene was in the DeLorean and he's calling, waiting to come back and people are chasing them. And it says he finished his last scene and went to the trailer, never knowing the rest of the crew had already been letting, let know that they had written him out and they're bringing a new actor named Michael J. Fox. He went to his trailer thinking he's gonna be a part of this huge movie to walk out of his trailer, realizing he was out of a job. They wrote him out of the script. In this passage today, it's amazing that when you get disappointment with your dream, sometimes what you can do is want to rewrite the dream. In this passage, the disciples are confronted with, this is not the way we thought it was going to go. This is not the dream we had. This is not what we saw. So they started rewriting the dream on their lives. They started rewriting the script. I'll pick it up here and show it to you. It says here, it says that they go into verse 19, 20, and 21. They were following Jesus, the son of God, the one who's gonna change the world. He could heal, heal the sick and raise the dead. And then they start rewriting as they meet Jesus on the road, not knowing who he was, in the middle of disappointment, here's what they start writing. Jesus like, what things? Like, well, things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. Verse 19, not the son of God, not the savior of the world, but the man. He's just a man. Let's rewrite this. He's not the God that saved us or could save us. He's just a man. Then it goes on and says, he was, not is, he was a prophet who did, not does, not will do, he did powerful. They're rewriting the script to deal with the reality of their disappointment. It says he was a mighty teacher. Not the son of God, just a teacher. He was just a prophet. And then in verse 21 it says, we had hoped. We had hope, not we do hope, we had I realize in life what happens is when our dream dies along this journey, somewhere along the way, like the disciples, we start taking the statements that we believe that God called in our dream. You're going to change the world. You're going to have the kind of relationship that is healthy, unlike your parents had. You know what? You're going to live a long life. Your kids are going to live a long life. You're going to be able to do well for yourself. You're going to live a life of purpose that matters. You're not going to get stuck in something that you feel aimless. You really want to matter. When you're 15, 19, 20, 30, you want to change the world. But somewhere, when disappointment comes in, like the disciples, we start rewriting the script. We start turning the statements into question marks. Go well, well, maybe he was maybe just a man. Maybe it was, he's he just a teacher. And, and you know, I don't know if what he said was true. And we start rewriting the script. They go through this and start changing the script and saying, was he really the Messiah? They were convinced only days before, but because of disappointment, now they're saying things like, we were, were we conned into believing a lie? Were the last three years a waste of our lives? What about the dream for the kingdom? What about the place that we had? What about the miracles we saw? Were we hoodwinked in this? Listen, as we started, we're not finishing. Maybe it was all a waste of time. Do you think? Do you think he was just a man? Do you think he was just a magician? Do you think he was just a really good public speaker? Do you think he was just popular? Do you think that maybe, maybe it's not what we thought? I've realized in my life that I do the same thing and you do the same thing. Somewhere when disappointment comes in, listen, this is not the dream that they had. This is not the dream. They were supposedly walking into a city and a destiny, not a way to uncertainty. They thought on Palm Sunday, they were walking into victory and here they are a few days later walking away in uncertainty and question marks took over the statements. I've done this in my life. Maybe you've done this. We put questions where God made statements. Listen, the original tack on God's plan was the same way. God came in the garden to Adam and Eve and said, you're called to lead. I love you. You're the best of the best, you're, you're my authority here. I want you to, 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 to multiply and do well and you're to lead this thing and there's a plan and we're in partnership and I'm so thankful for you and, you're my, and nothing can separate us and it's a good plan and he made a statement for their life and then the enemy came in and said, did God say? In Genesis, the enemy comes in, the enemy of our soul comes into Adam and Eve and goes, okay, okay, you got this big dream, but, but did God say? You can We're called the lead. Did God really say you shouldn't touch that or do this? Did God say, and all of a sudden we put question marks where God meant to have a statement. When the dream dies, somewhere along the way, we start to let disappointment dictate the rewrite of our lives. In our 40s and 50s, we start giving up on the dreams going, well, maybe I'm not supposed to do that. Maybe I'm not supposed to have that. It says this, it says that they stop short. Here's what I've learned sometimes. Disappointment can cause you to stop short in the dream God has for your life. It says they were walking to Emmaus and when they met Jesus start started rehashing all the disappointment, it says they stopped short and looked at him. I've met so many people stuck in their life in the stop shorts. When you talk to them, it's I could have been, I should have been, I would have been, but that person walked in or that person walked out. I missed my opportunity and they stopped short on their calling and they're stuck. Some people are stuck in the 80s. Some are stuck in the 2000s, some are stuck in last week and the disappointment in our life stops us on the journey and we're stopped short in the dream God has for our lives. Maybe some of you, you've turned your statements into question marks. Did God say I would accomplish that with my life? Did God say that they would be healed? Some of you are going, maybe does that church really love me? You came in, you got a gift bag, you were excited, but now you've been going through for a while and maybe somewhere in disappointment where someone maybe didn't treat you the way you thought or maybe in the somewhere in there, something didn't happen and then over time, you turn the statements into, man, this is the best thing ever to, do they really love me there? It's amazing how when disappointment comes in, we wanna take the statements and turn them into questions. So what do you do when the dream dies? It's a great question. Jesus shows up. I want to make point that I think it's amazing that in the middle of what Jesus was doing in history and eternity at that moment, Jesus had died on the cross. He's in the grave. He's right. He had just defeated hell in the grave. He's getting ready to launch the church. He's getting ready to put everything in place and he stops heaven and he stops time and goes, listen, I know I got things to do. He pulls a Kanye and he interrupts going, I know this is awesome, but I'm going to let you finish, but I just need a moment right now. And he stops and he goes and finds these two disciples. Not the women, not the men. He goes to find the two that are walking away and says, Listen, I know your disappointment. Let me meet you where you are. In fact, I'm going to take my time and walk with you for seven miles. Yes. Listen, he had crossed heaven and eternity. What was seven more miles to him? Yes. He started walking and going, Hey, talk to me about what's going on. and Why are you so sad? What's the disappointment? Talk to me. It's amazing how he just listened. And then he started to preach. The Bible says he opened up the scripture as they walked. And from Genesis right up to current day, he started unpacking everything the Bible said. And every question they had, oh, he had a statement. Every question that he, they had, he replaced with a statement. He started replacing it going, I know you have questions about this, but look what the prophets say. The prophet said, I would come. The prophet said that Jesus is the Son of God. He said the Messiah would forgive our sins. He said there's going to be a hope for the world. And he started going through and unpacking what the Bible said about the Messiah and something started to happen in their heart. My friends today, if you're in a place where the dream has died, listen, Get back to the word of God and hear what God says and let him turn your question marks into statements. Listen, God has a dream for your life. He has a plan and an assignment for you. And listen, just because it's delayed doesn't mean it's denied. And disappointment may walk in and go, listen, this is a detour and I'm walking in the wrong direction today. I thought I'd be here by now and I didn't think I'd be over here. And distraction and, and disappointment may have delayed the dream, but it doesn't have to deny the dream. Jesus walks in and starts talking to them. He reminds them of who he was. Hebrews six nineteen. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor. Anchors only make sense in storms. Anchors only make sense in current. Listen, if you feel like you're being pulled today, you feel like you're in a storm today, know that this hope we have, these statements of God, these statements on your life, who he says he is to you, is an anchor that we have to tie on to to hold us. You're sitting here today with more questions in your life than answers. Let God come in, in the middle of that disappointment, in the middle of that storm, and start speaking to the dreams in your life. What are the statements he wants to say today? I wanna remind you today. The statement Jesus said, there is healing. By his stripes, you are healed. The Bible says that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He has a statement today that he is sticking with us now. You're not alone. He says, I got to leave to prepare a place for you, which means he's sticking with you later on. He was with you. He is with you. And he's declaring today, he'll be with you. He also declares, you might feel alone, but I'm sending a helper, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised me from the dead, Jesus says, is the same Spirit available to you to help you overcome that job, that disappointment, that depression, that divorce, that disease, that same Spirit. And when you feel like in a world of questions, going, whatever happened to? He wants to come in and says, no, 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 I'm with you. I'm sending a helper today. You feel like your dream has died today? I wanna speak to the dreams in this place where life has thrown you a curveball and throw in a question mark. Let God come in to God-given dreams and make a a statement in your life that what God started, he will finish. The Bible says he is the author and the finisher. Listen, anybody can start something, but to finish something. He's not finished with you, sir. He's not finished with you, ma'am. Listen, your kids will serve God. Your marriage can be healed. There is healing available for our bodies. listen, depression is not your portion. God can give you a sound mind. We have hope today. why? Because of God who He is and who He will be. We hold firm to this anchor. Hebrews 10:23 let us hold tightly without wavering. Get a grip today. without wavering to the hope we affirm that God can be trusted, To keep his promise. That God can be trusted to keep his promise. These disciples are meeting with Jesus. And it says that he wanted to keep going. And they stopped him and said, you got to stay with us. And he started to unpack and eat with them and share more about the goodness of God. And it says their eyes were open and they realized who it was. I love this verse right here. It says in verse 33. After hearing the statements of God in the middle of a dead dream of disappointment, here's what it says in verse 33. And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. My friend, I wanna encourage you today. You may feel far from your dream today. You may feel far from the God that's called you today. But I believe one moment with Jesus, sometimes in a cineplex theater, with good coffee and skinny jeans, you may feel far from God today. But in a moment, something can happen in your life and a turn can happen. On your way back to your God-given destination, this just because it's delayed doesn't mean it's denied. Because when you have divine impartation, a miracle can happen. I want to encourage you, there are books to be written in this room. There are songs to be written and sung in this room. Yes, you're called to have a healthy relationship. Yes, your kids, though they seem far from God, you keep believing. Why? When the enemy wants to put a question mark, you come back with a statement. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When the enemy says you can't be forgiven for what you did, when you walk into coffee shops, people hush and they whisper because they know your story. Remind them of his dream for your life. You are forgiven. And there is a fresh start. He makes all things new. I believe today a turn can happen. As we close today, I want to pray for you. If you say, I feel like a dream of my life has died. You're like, Mike, I love God. I follow God. I'm I'm, I'm doing this faith journey the best I can. But if I'm honest today, I didn't think I'd be here. I didn't think I'd be at this point. I thought I'd be further ahead And these dreams that I thought God gave me for purpose and relationship, for adventure and for health. Somewhere you're dealing with disappointments, I want to pray for you and speak the very purposes of God over your life. And I believe just because it's delayed doesn't need to mean it's denied. Because God makes all things new. These disciples turned around and started walking back to Jerusalem, and they would have seen him rise into heaven going, I told you I had a plan, I told you I'd be back. And I told you, you're a part of it. And they didn't miss out on the dream. It's not too late for you, sir. It's not too late for you, ma'am. God has a plan for your life. Some of you are 20, feel like you've missed God's plan. Some of you are 50, feel like you've missed God's plan. No, 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 God has a plan for your life. If you say, Mike, I'm dealing with disappointment today with every head bowed just for a moment. Say, Mike, I love God. But if I'm honest, I'm stuck. I've stopped short in my life of disappointment all over this place with every head bowed, would you just raise your hand just for a moment, all over this place, and put it right back down. We're gonna pray today, and then we're gonna sing. And we're gonna believe hope that has a name, Jesus Christ is gonna walk right now with you wherever you are. It may not be the road to Emmaus, it may be Chain Lake Drive. It may be Barrington or Sackville Drive or the Bedford Highway, whatever road you're on today. He's meeting you right where you are, not with judgment, but with loving kindness. And today he wants to turn you around to dream again. All over this place, can we all stand to our feet? As we get ready to close, I want to pray for you. I want to make two prayers today. If you say, Mike, I'm disappointed today. I feel like my dream has died. I want to speak life to your dreams today. Let's bow our head. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now. Thank you, God, that you're the God of purpose and of a plan and of reconciliation and of healing and of miracles. And the enemy thought they killed the dream. The enemy thought they buried the son of God, but he wasn't buried, he was planted. And I speak life over the men and women under the sound of my voice. Some of they thought some people thought that the dream in your life was 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 buried. They thought it was dead and gone, but you've just a seed that was planted. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak life to you. I speak purpose I speak to your marriage and your children and your health. I speak to your mental state. I speak a miracle right now. I speak the very purposes of God. The God who was, is, is is to come. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. All give you love, power, and a sound mind. I speak the very purposes of God. Father, I pray hope would rise right now. Hope would rise right now. Businesses need to be started. Songs need to be written. Relationships need to be healed people need to be reached. I speak to the dreams in this room. With this, I'm almost done. You say, Mike, I don't know God. I'm new to this church thing. I've been coming. It's my first time, or maybe I've been coming for a little while, but I don't know Jesus. I don't know this Jesus that you talk about. We want to give you an opportunity right now. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead and that he is God, a miracle happens. Confess with your mouth. I want that. Right now in your heart, you go, I believe there is a heaven. I believe there's a hell and I believe there's a choice. I believe that there's a plan for my life. I believe that there's a God that made me. And I want to I I know that God. That's the God that we serve today. The God that walks with you, even in disappointment. If you say, Mike, I want to know this Jesus. We're going to pray in just a moment and you can know Jesus. On a count of three, if that's you, say, Mike, I want to know Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be right with me and God. On a count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One. Two. It's not everybody, but there's somebody here today. This is your moment to meet the God that loves you so much. Three, all over this place. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Put it right back down. Put it right back down. This is a miracle happening today. Can we pray together? All over this place. Most of us have pl- prayed this prayer already. We're going to pray together. And right now, believe a miracle is going to happen in your life. You ready, church? You ready, worship team? Let's pray. Pray this after me. Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ. I give you my life today. Thank you that I have hope in you. I believe that you died for my sin. I believe I can know God, and I believe I can be forgiven. Come into my life, make me new. I give you control, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, round of applause for those people today.